Hey, welcome to the John Papaloni Show. Today, I'm going to have Brittany Dixon. Brittany, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Absolute pleasure. Why don't we start off the uh, podcast with a little bit about who you are, what you do, how you got there? Yeah, for sure. Um, so like John said, my name is Brittany Dixon. I'm the CEO of Brittany & Co. Um, I'm actually a mom of twins. I live outside of Columbus, Ohio, although we're about to be taking off for a year in an RV and living in an RV. So it'll be super fun. Um, but anyway, I started off in the wedding and event planning space. So I organized events and then I actually became an accidental entrepreneur. Um, I ended up getting let go from my corporate event planning job because I didn't fit into their corporate box and decided to go out on my own. Uh, when I started the business, it was a thousand percent different. I actually organized houses. So I would help moms declutter and get rid of stuff, kind of like Marie Kondo does on Netflix. Um, and then essentially hired a business coach because I didn't know what I was doing running a business. And she showed me that I could help business owners do the same thing and come in and organize their system processes and help them be more productive in their business. So essentially, I went from organizing events to organizing houses to organizing businesses. But now I just, I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs build businesses without burnout because I see too many entrepreneurs working more than nine to five jobs. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the back end of business systems because most business owners didn't start a business to run a business. They started a business because they're really good at something and they knew they could help people and make money. Um, but we have to do all these things in the back end to make businesses run. So for I come in, I love the systems and, and organization piece, which most people do not. So um, yeah, that's kind of the, the short version. So what exactly? How do you how do you organize businesses? Yeah, so a lot of it is um, I do a lot with task management, project management systems because there's a lot of business owners just from a task management standpoint, they really struggle with that. Um, so I will come in and basically everything that lives in their brain, we put it into a system that can be outsourced. So we start creating recurring tasks for them. We start um, creating training videos so that they can pass off some of those business owner tasks to someone else. Uh, so it's a lot of task management, a lot of just time management in general, because a lot of people... I mean, we all have so much going on in our lives, trying to manage our time, figure out how to use our time the best, growing the business, managing the business, all those moving pieces. Um, and then just really the back end organization, right? So a lot of digital file organization, email organization, um, being able to find links and passwords. Uh, there's actually a stat that says people spend about 12 and a half hours a week searching for things in their workspace, in the online space. So um, helping to cut that time down because who wants to spend 12 hours searching for things? <laughs> so it's just a lot of the processes helping to make them more efficient so they can get more stuff done in less time and actually get back to doing what they started their business for, essentially. Right. So just to be clear, it doesn't sound like you're really for that solopreneur. It's more for people who have, uh, you know, you have your typical pyramid change of uh, the founder and then, you know, people underneath who have their own tasks. Yeah. And it's sort of like managing that, like 
correct me if I'm wrong. I yeah, mean, it's I a little it's a little of both. I mean, honestly, solopreneurs need things in place too to manage their time, manage their tasks, manage their clients. Um, we do a lot with CRM systems as well. So it, it's kind of for both, but it is for people that are kind of more ready to outsource and start giving tasks to other people to take on for sure. Got you. So yeah, yeah I love how you said the CRM system there right now. Because yeah. that myth is going to be I'm so busy. I don't have time to enter more stuff in the computer. <laughs> yes. I hear that all the time. People are like, I don't have time to set up systems. And I think what people don't realize is that, yes, it does take energy, time, and resources to set it up. But once you set it up, it's going to make you time because it's literally on repeat, right? So, and with a, a CRM specifically, if you don't have a CRM, you're leaving money on the table, hands down guaranteed you're missing out on sales because there's no way that you can remember everything, right? How many people do we talk to at networking events and on social media and in person and on the phone and in email? There's no way you could remember all of those people. So if you don't have some sort of system to put their information in, make sure you're following up, you're literally leaving money everywhere. hundred percent. And I'm going to correct yeah. you there. If you don't have a CRM that you actually use. Yes. And put <laughs> That's the other piece of it. You've got to use it. You can't just pay for it and hope that it naturally <laughs> makes you money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, my first uh, three years of uh, real estate. Well, the first year I was in, I, I got in the business and I, I don't need a CRM. Second year, what is the CRM? Maybe I'll give it a try. Yep. Uh, so you sign up for that free 60 days. Then they uh, built your credit card, but you never really do anything. Eventually, you look at your credit card. What is this? It's like, oh, I got a CRM. I don't use it. Right. And then next thing you know, come through year three, you're trying to figure out how's the guy next to you more organized. And then you realize, like, what the heck is he doing? You look, oh, I'm just uh, updating my CRM. Yeah, maybe there's, well, maybe there's something to this. <laughs> yeah, and it comes down to the time management piece again, too, right? I see so many entrepreneurs fill their calendar, fill their calendar, right? They've got meetings and calls and back-to-back stuff, and they don't put time for sales on there. They don't put time for admin time or CEO time. And then what happens is your calendar is full, and you still have to do those things to run a business. So that's why I see so many entrepreneurs working 17 hours a day and on weekends and on vacation because they don't block out that time to do those back-end business things. Yeah. Well, let me ask you something. Do we really manage time? Right. (laughs) (laughs) You manage... You're managing what you're doing with the time that you have, right? So if you're not intentional with what goes on your calendar, then time's just going to happen. And you're not going to get any farther with your goals, which I see a lot. I see a lot of entrepreneurs. They've got big goals and dreams at the beginning of the year. We get halfway through. They still haven't hit a lot of them. Then they get back to the beginning of the year again. And they're like, why do I have the same goals? And if you're not blocking out time to take action on those goals on your calendar, the the days just slip by. Yeah, exactly. Now, now, what would you say to the person who says, well, I have a pad and I write my uh, to-do list every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, that can only get you so far. It, it, it works for some people and you have to do what works for you. But at some point, as you start to grow a business, everything cannot live in your head. You cannot be the only one that's doing everything. Um, You're going to hit a a glass ceiling at some point unless you bring on team members. You've got to have somebody that can do the stuff that is not making you money, right? 
because you are the person that is good at what you do. And you need to be out there talking to people and selling and helping people. And somebody else can do a lot of these things. And one of the biggest things I hear is, well, no one's going to do it as good as I do. (laughs) No one knows how to do it like I do. And that's why you need... Yeah, that's why you need processes and systems. Because if you teach them exactly how to do it and have task management systems to tell them what to do when, then they can do it just like you do. And then it takes it off your plate and frees up your time to go do revenue generating things. See, I love, see, the reason I keep poking the bear here is because (laughs) I wanted you to keep highlighting a certain thing and you're doing it. And in a sense, I'm leading you to it and you're following through, which is you brought up a point here that the person who started the business, the person who's building a business has to be working on revenue generating items. Yep. There's so many times do we, we procrastinate and do stuff that does not have any revenue generating activities. It's just, you know, yeah. paper pushing for a lack of better description. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what I mean? It's, and just, it's the- just busy work, but it's not productive and it's not growing the business or moving you forward. You're staying stagnant. Exactly. You could be the best email organizer in the world. Right. <laughs> you could be the best accountant in the world but your sales are still going to be zero. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that's, you've got to intentionally set time aside to go into a CRM and follow up with people. Right. And if you do that consistently, you're going to make sales at some point because you're doing it consistently and you're reaching out to people. It's all a numbers game. So if you reach out to 10 people a day and then you just consistently do that, someone is going to buy from you. (laughs) It's almost guaranteed. But if you don't set aside that time to do sales, and then you let the whole Monday get away from you, and then the whole Tuesday get away from you. And then by the time it's Friday, you're like, Oh, it's the weekend, we'll start back over. It's this vicious cycle. And then you're never selling. And then you wonder why revenue is down. So yeah. Yeah, love that. Now let's let's break into the whole uh, calendar. Like, what what should a typical person's day look like? Yeah. Um. So I have my BCO method. So it stands for business development, client services, and operations. Every business has those three areas. I don't care what you do. Um. And you've got to block off time for all of that on your calendar. But you also have to put personal things in first. I see too many people designing their life around their business. And it needs to be the other way around. Um, You've got to have time for lunch. You have to have time for self-care and your morning routine. You have to have time for family. You have to have time off. And if you put those things on your calendar first, you start to see the white space shrinking more and more. (laughs) Right. So put the personal things in first. Any of your personal goals and things that you need to be doing, fill your calendar with that first. Then you need to put in time for sales. I actually have an hour on my calendar every single day in the morning because that's when I'm most productive um, for for sales. And I go into my CRM, I'm following up with people, I'm sending emails, I'm finding new people, and I just spend an hour doing that. And then um, you've got to have time for like content. If you're a content creator, you've got to have time for content. So kind of thinking about all those different business development blocks of time. And then for me, Tuesdays and Thursdays are client days. So those are pretty much blocked off for clients. And I actually completely take Fridays off for the most part. Um, it's completely blocked out of my calendar so no one can schedule with me. Now, we all know we're entrepreneurs. We like what we do. So sometimes I work on Fridays. But 
I'm more in control of my schedule. So I think definitely blocking out free time is a huge component of this. Um, but just making sure that everything you're working towards, you've got time blocks on your calendar to consistently do those things. Now, when people have all this stuff inside their calendar and you have everything blocked off, what happens if they feel an emergency comes up? Like how how flexible is that calendar? How can it be changed or should it be set in stone? Yeah. So I feel like the more like rigid you are with planning things, the more flexibility that you have, which sounds counterintuitive, but I feel like the more proactive you are in planning out your week and knowing what has to go on your calendar, the more you have wiggle room. So even though my schedule is pretty like set, like days that I have that I do things, I feel like I have a lot of wiggle room to move stuff. So for me, if I have something come up on a Monday, and I know Monday is typically my content day and my admin, I can then move that around throughout the week. So I, I do feel like the more planned out your week is, the more flexibility you actually have, which sounds crazy, but um, it's worked really, really well for myself and my clients. Gotcha. Now, you said you were started off in event planning and yeah. Basically, you got into business because you got laid off. I did. <laughs> right? So, yep. but why was that important? You know, I mean, because look, you can get laid off and then you can just go get another job. You decided that wasn't going to happen. So what was that emotional connection yeah. that made you say, no, I'm not going to do this again? Yeah. Um, so I, like I mentioned at the beginning, I have twins. So my twins are 10 now at the time of this recording. But um, when I worked at the event pl- planning space, I actually had just had them. So they were newborns. Um, and I was working probably 50 hours a week. My commute was 30 minutes one way. My babysitter essentially raised them for the first few years. And I think it was just this aha moment when I got fired. I was like, I've literally missed so much of their first three years of life. Like I'm, I can't do this again. I can't do this again. Um, and I had no control over my schedule and I would work late nights and I would have to work weekends. And that was just not the lifestyle I wanted. So although it was awful at the time when I got laid off because it was, I was making really good money and the job wasn't hard. It was just stressful. I don't think I would have left there without that push because it was comfortable. Um, so I think that kick in the pants and they're like, here you go, go figure it out. (laughs) And then I just really, I saw that side of entrepreneurship that you could have so much flexibility in your schedule. And if I wanted to work on the weekends and take off a Monday and a Tuesday, I could, or if I wanted to take off every Friday, I could like, I think just the concept of time freedom and the combination of not seeing my kids for the first three years, I was like, yeah. I don't care how hard it is. We're going down this route. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So then you went into homes, right? Like, but you wanted to switch to businesses. Why? Like, what was, what was yeah. that motivation? Right. Especially let, let's be honest for the last 10 years, we've all been on a uh, real estate frenzy where uh, homes and real estate were like the top thing. I mean, here in, yeah. uh, in Canada, like it, it's almost like the real estates carried the whole economy, take the real estate out. And we've been in a recession for the last 20 years. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating a bit, but it was the top thing that was talked about and done for the last 10 to 15 years. So you would think that you're doing home. So that's obviously going to be something that's like hot. It's, uh, you know, it's like the shiny object syndrome for a lack of better description, but something made you say, no, this is not enough. And I'm going to do the switch. What happened there? 
Yeah. Um, so I've always just been that organized person by nature. Like I was that 16 year old with like color coded binders in my locker. Like my friends would make fun of me. So I've, I've just always been that way. And it wasn't until I read this book called Ordinary Superpowers by Mark Henson that I realized that what comes natural to me does not come natural to everyone. Right. Like organizing things just doesn't come natural to everybody. And I think when I had my twins, that was the piece of it where I just realized there were so many moms that needed help with that. So I loved getting into that. Um, the switch came. And honestly, I had lived under a rock until this point. I didn't, I didn't know that all these online businesses existed, that you could literally work from your laptop and like the, anywhere, as long as you had internet, right? So I just... That concept, I had never even been exposed to. And... Basically, my business coach was like, have you ever thought about doing this for businesses? And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, you know how many business owners are super disorganized. They do not manage their time well. They can't get things done. And they can't grow their business because of just this mess in the back end. And I was like, interesting. So I kind of started down that rabbit hole and started learning about it and just realized it was a massive market and that I could have clients literally all over the world. <laughs> like I did not have to be stuck in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and then I think again, that time freedom factor, right? Because then I could see so many more people in the time that it took me to drive to someone's house, organize their house and drive back home. I could actually see three people in that time. So I think the impact piece was the piece that I saw so much potential that I could reach so many more people by kind of just shifting the route that I was doing what I was doing. Gotcha there. I yeah. get that. So that makes sense. Right. Like, wow. Okay. So, <laughs> so it was not really an emotional thing. It was not anything. It's just somebody suggested it and you just thought it was a great opportunity. Yeah. Someone suggested it. Obviously I did my research and kind of went down and started learning about it. And I just, I did, I realized that there are so many business owners that got stuck in the back end and couldn't grow their business because they didn't have systems in place. They weren't organized. They weren't managing their time well. And when I knew that that was my superpower, I was like, we're going to shift this way and see where this path goes. <laughs> well, throughout all these changes, what would you say was the most, uh, I would say the most stressful part of it? Like what was the most complicated part challenge that you had to uh, overcome? Yeah. Um, I think through all of those pivots, they were like complete identity changes because I was really going from... It, it, there's threads through the whole thing, right? There's threads through all of it that are very similar. And obviously my values stayed the same, that sort of stuff. But I feel like I kind of pivoted into this like new identity each time and up leveled. And I think the mindset piece of it, honestly, was the hardest part. Um, I grew up in a really low income family and never in a million years thought that you could make this kind of money. And the fact that somebody was like, you can charge $500 an hour to be a coach. And I'm like, wait, what? What are you talking about? So the mindset shifts around that and a lot of money blocks every time I up-leveled. I feel like that was honestly the hardest part. It wasn't necessarily the business or figuring out a new niche. It was it was the mindset stuff behind it for sure. And the personal development side. Gotcha. So how much was your bank account again? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, I don't charge that all the time. But like the fact that someone told me that you can charge that kind of money when I grew up and like thought $50 an hour was like the most amazing thing. I was like, wait, what is happening right now? <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. So 
when somebody wants to uh, work with you and all that, like what yeah. would be the process? Like, like just say my business is chaos. I don't know what I'm yeah. doing. And um, I need organization because I, you know, I'm booking three appointments at a time and I don't even realize I'm doing that. So yeah. someone calls me up and says, uh, where are you? And I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. So, so I'm yeah. chaotic and everything. I mean, I'm good at my job. I'm good at what I do and I'm all chaotic and I need help. So yeah. I, I'm going to reach out to you, approach to you. What's that process? Yeah. Um, so most of the time people come to me because they're too busy or they are like, like you just said, chaotic. They're missing appointments. They're overbooking themselves. They have no personal time to themselves and they've hit this wall that they know that they need help, but they can't hire anyone because everything lives in their head. How to do everything lives in their head and their head only. So typically when someone comes to me, that's the first thing we go through is like, what's working? What's not working? We really do this massive evaluation um, and kind of pick out which pieces they need. What I found is that everyone essentially needs the same set of systems. They need something for managing their time. And we've got to have some good processes for that. We've got to have an organized digital workspace. So you can't have like files and chaos all over the place. They've got to have a task management system and they have to have a CRM. Now, there are other systems outside of that. But those four core things, every single business owner needs. I don't care what you do. Um, so we really evaluate, do they have those things in place? What's working? What's not working? Then we decide which tools and systems and tech are going to be the best fit for them. And then we set them up and we optimize them. And then we essentially train them. And if they have team members, we make sure we train them as well so that they don't have to be that person that's training. Um, and we document everything because that's another thing entrepreneurs don't do is they don't document how they do stuff. So then again, it lives in their head. So we kind of take them through that process. And I, I was actually just working with a realtor and we're finishing up this week, actually. He had no task management system in place. And they wanted to bring on a virtual assistant to start taking on some of the social media tasks and the admin stuff. But they had they couldn't because it lived in their head. They couldn't tell this person, Hey, do this. This is where this is. Because that would just take so much more time. So we literally set up an entire task management system. And even just the lift of anxiety from those two... It's a husband and wife team. And the fact that they can now bring on an assistant and just assign them tasks, that alone takes probably gives them back 10 hours a week or more. Um, so it's it's customized to a degree, but every entrepreneur really needs the same thing. So we kind of take them through that same process. Gotcha. Now, with that being said, there's going to be obviously uh, some very... So not everyone's going to have the same success rate and, everyone, not, and not everyone's going to fail. Not every, And some people you know, start off flopping, but then become uh, good over time because they just yeah. keep improving. Uh, what would be your biggest success story? That moment that made you say, I got it. I figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> this is working. Yeah. Um, to that point, it's all habits. Everything that you do, even with these systems, it's, it all comes down to habits and you've got to build that muscle. So even with my clients, when I work with them, I do accountability check-ins like constantly for like 30 to 60 days after we're done. Because if they're not, like you said, if they're not using the CRM or they're not using the task management tool, it's not just going to magically do things for them. Uh, I think one of my biggest success stories, I was working with a financial firm. And I, when I met with her, she was like, we probably have 8 or 9 hours of meetings every single week. And I was like, 
what? Nine hours of meetings every week. She's like, yeah, because we, none of us are on the same page with who's doing what we have to do constant check-ins. Did you get this done? Did you have this to this person? Like there was just constant communication. And we literally set up a task and project management tool for them. And once we got everything in there, we got everyone's tasks in, like we got the entire thing set up and they've been using it probably about six months now. She said, we have a one hour meeting once a week. She's like, and honestly, even during the meeting, it's like a 15 to 20 minute meeting because we just go through our task management tool. Everybody gives us updates. And then we just go on on our way because now all the communication happens there. If people have questions, they ask it in that tool versus sending 14 different emails or having 3 different meetings. So the fact that I saved them like basically 8 hours every week to now go make more money <laughs> is massive. And then the fact that this the owner now doesn't have to like constantly stress about their team members coming to them 5000 different times um, is huge, right? Because now they they've got their time back. So Yeah, you're right. Now with that being said, like one comment I'm going to make is one thing I've learned over the years is that it's if things aren't jiving for you and things aren't working well and employees seem confused and distressed and things aren't clicking, you're either the problem or you're the problem because you hired the wrong person. <laughs> and a lot of times systems will show you if you have the wrong or the right person, because then you can actually start seeing what they're doing. Um, I worked with a, a dentist. He was in Seattle. And literally, we set up these systems and these this task management and the person wasn't checking things off. So then he went and checked into what they were doing. And they had not been following up with leads and literally left $160,000 of leads untouched coming through their CRM, like just not even touching base on them. And he wouldn't have known that because he's so in the day to day that he just expected this person to be doing their job. But because he had no accountability tool to check in and say like, Hey, did you check that off? Did you do that? He didn't know that. And as soon as we put that in place, it brought that problem out. And then he then knew that it was not a good fit from a person standpoint. So I think a lot of times those things, they help you kind of figure out if you've got the right people in place too. Makes total sense. Yep. Now, now, did you have you ever had a client that was so difficult to work with that you just said, no, nope, not going to take it? And how, yeah. how did you approach that? <laughs> Yeah, so I have fired a couple clients. Um, the one that I had worked with was she basically just scope creeped like crazy. We had a, we had a scope of work that we were going to do, and she just kept adding things constantly. And I did it for about a month, and then I was like, "We're we're going to put a stop to this. Like, I, I can't do this anymore." And um, I knew from the get go, like I had a gut feeling from the get go that it wasn't a great fit, but I was like, all right, it's, I, I can help you. I know that I can come in and fix this. And we started working together and I realized I should have listened to my gut from the get go. <laughs> um, and at that point you have hard conversations, right? Be an entrepreneur. Sometimes you have to do that. And, um, you have to fire clients sometimes and it works out for the best. Learn, learn lessons. Everybody gets whatever they need out of it. And then you, you move on. Makes total sense. Yeah. Now, I have an interesting question because I'm at a, uh, this is more of a curiosity. Yeah. Um, but I think it applies is that, you know, you started, clearly you started this, you know, roughly 10 years ago. Uh, the business, my full business started seven years ago. And then this side of the business has been about five on the online space. 
Right. So my question is, we had this so a great big pandemic that kind yep. of shut everything down. Yep. So how did that affect you? Yeah. So I will say that I was able to actually come out of that on top because how remote work moved. For, everybody moved from being in an office to working remotely. And that showed how many broken systems were in place for so many businesses. Because you think about... I don't know if you've ever said like, Hey, did you get my email? I sent you a Slack message. And did you remember that text? And I sent you this over here. Like that chaos works if you're in person and you can talk with each other. But if everyone's in their own individual offices and homes, that doesn't work anymore. And you have to have some sort of tool in place to manage all of that chaos. And I think that that came out a lot. People realized they did not have systems in place that were sustainable for remote work. So, um, and then in the online space, I don't know that we really slowed down a lot. Like I do courses, I have a podcast of my own, I do group coaching. So I feel like that's kind of its own different world too, compared to like in person businesses. But um, yeah, it definitely, it, it did make it a little bit harder in one way because I think now everyone wants an online business. So, yeah the market got a little crowded, (laughs) Um, which is interesting because now I'm kind of like moving back towards brick and mortar businesses helping with what I do because my, what I do applies to every business. There's no real niche that I have to stay within. So. Absolutely. But let me ask you something. Yeah. Why would anybody can, you know, why would anybody want anybody to slack? I don't know. I am not a Slack fan. No. <laughs> I'm not a Slack fan over here. Um, I'm, yeah, mocking so, the, I'm mocking the software, but right. <laughs> I'm actually like, not a fan of it at all because I think it adds chaos to things. I just use Asana with my team. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. If, uh, again, it's personal preference, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. I just had to make a, a smug remark about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So moving on with that, uh, where do you see yourself? Like what, what, do you see, you know, in the, in the future for yourself, like two to next two to three years? Yeah. Yeah. Next two to three years. Um, I will start to, I actually have an accountability program that I'm trying to scale and, and get out to more entrepreneurs because all these systems in place are great. But if you don't have accountability and habits in place, you're not going to use them. Just like you said, doesn't help to have a CRM if you don't ever touch it. Um, so I, am looking to scale that and just get as many entrepreneurs in it as possible because I feel like accountability is the missing piece for so many business owners making their goals. Um, I have a book coming in my future. I don't know for two to three years, might be a little longer than that, but, um, really it's kind of just doing what I'm doing. And then we're moving into an RV and living in an RV and traveling the U S for a year. So really just having more free time to explore. Um, but honestly, what I'm doing right now is uh, what I see in the next two to three years, my accountability group and my one-on-one consulting stuff that I do. So. Gotcha. And and that's interesting, right? I mean, you're going to be, uh, working literally, you know, you know, remote working. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, uh, (laughs) 1000% remote, sometimes in the mountains, sometimes in a campground, sometimes who knows where. (laughs) Yeah. I would imagine internet might be a problem from time to time. Yeah, there are. There's a couple different options. They have some like actual RV, like truck driver internets that you can get. And then obviously, we have like hotspots on our phone. So it's definitely going to be an interesting adventure figuring that all out. But um, we've got some good options in place. So <laughs> gotcha. All right. So I yeah. got two questions before we go into what I call the lightning round. 
Okay. So second last question is going to be, how do you know you've had a successful day? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that you know that you've had a successful day when you feel like you have made an impact on someone, right? Whether that is your team, yourself, your clients, whatever that looks like. And you feel like you have gotten the things done that need to be done off of your list. Now, that being said, the list never, ever, 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 ever ends, right? Like the to-do list for entrepreneurs just keeps going. But if you got those big ticket items that are actually moving something forward and making an impact on yourself, your clients, your team, and your business, then you've had a successful day. Love that answer. Last but not least... If people are interested in reaching out to you, where do yeah. they go? Yeah, um, our website's probably the best place because it's kind of the central hub. So it's bcohq.co. Um, I hang out on Instagram probably the most. It's brittanyandco.consulting. And then um, our handle, we're actually going to have a whole business for this RV thing. So it's The Dixon Detour. And that handle's over there on there too. So you can follow along with all the RV adventures. <laughs> Fantastic. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's get into the lightning round. Just a few uh, fun questions, uh, okay. such as my favorite one. Number one, what is your favorite food and why? Favorite food? I think tacos because there's like a thousand different ways that you can make tacos. If that's the only thing we had left, I think you could, I think you could get, a, get around having all different options for tacos. <laughs> Makes sense, right? Tacos, I guess it's variety, right? So much variety. Yes. I love it. Exactly. All right. So favorite destination travel spot and why? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, that I have been somewhere I've already been or... Bucket list item. <laughs> Could be both. Okay. Bucket list item is Santorini, Greece. Like that is the first massive international trip that we will do. Um, I really, really liked Maine. We were in Portland, Maine with the kids. It's probably been like eight years ago, but I really love Maine. It's so beautiful up there. Fantastic. Favorite book or podcast? Um, I'm loving the Mel Robbins podcast right now. I'm not a huge podcast listener, which is funny because I have my own podcast, but um, I can't work and listen to podcasts at the same time. I have to do music. But when I do listen to podcasts, hers is amazing. Favorite book? Um, Oh, man. There's so many good ones. I'm actually... Fiction-wise, I'm reading Colleen Hoover right now. I think I've read 14 of her books this year. Um, and then business wise, I have no idea. I can't just pick one. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Wow. You, you're a, you read a lot. I try to, I've, I've read a lot more this year. Now that I have some more free time and the kids are a little bit older and all that good stuff. But, um, yeah, kind of depends, awesome. depends what's going on. Now here's the last question. And it's a, a good one. If you were given unlimited amount of money, but you only had 48 hours to spend it, what you spend, you get to keep. What you don't spend gets taken away. What would you do? Oh, man. All right. <laughs> uh, that's tough because I'm a minimalist. Like, I literally just want to spend my money on travel, travel and more travel. Um, I would definitely donate a massive chunk of that to cancer research because I feel like we've had so much of that in our family. 
that has to happen. Um, homelessness and like food impoverishment, like that's another piece I would have to donate a ton of money to. But I don't, I don't know what else I would spend it on. I don't want fancy cars or big houses. I mean, maybe a bigger RV because we're going to be living in that for a while. Um, yeah, that's a that's a tough one for a minimalist to say where they're going to spend travel, 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 travel. I would buy all the plane tickets to everywhere. <laughs> Love that. So you'd pre-plan all your travel for the next uh, 100 yeah. years. <laughs> Literally, just, I'm just going to buy plane tickets for the rest of my life during that 48 hours. <laughs> there we go. There we go. But I love that you have a lot of donations and you have good causes and then you yeah. have you gave your reasons for it, too. So yeah. that is amazing. Kudos to you. I mean, thank you for being on the cod, uh, the podcast, not the cod yeah. cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is I always I love sharing with people because I just I think a lot of times what I do is not the like sexy marketing technique to make you more money, but systems are really the sustainable thing that helps you to grow and scale. So um, I think the more people kind of like start thinking about that, they're like, Oh, what kind of systems could I put in my business? And, and that's all I'm here for. If I can even just change your mindset around systems in one way, that's what I'm, that's what I'm on earth to do here. So. I absolutely agree with you. I think systems are the fundamental part to every business growth. You can market, but if you're marketing more than a person can handle, yep. <laughs> then it's just creating a funnel of disappointing customers. Yes. And helping uh, you build a business without burnout because you can hustle your way to multi six figures. You can, but yeah. who wants to work 17, 18 hours a day and take their laptop on every vacation and work every weekend and eat like nobody wants to do that. You didn't build this business to work 24 seven. You build a business for freedom. And that's what I'm here to do. Systems help you do that. Yes. Too many people go out there and say, I'm going to buy a business because I don't want to do this nine to five crap. And so, then work more than nine to five. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, exactly. well, that, that was not the point of this. We want to build a business for freedom. So yeah, exactly. All right. Thanks yeah. once again. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. If you like what you saw and you want to see some more episodes, subscribe to the link below.